I feel like creating cat today. Give me a cat. Give it four legs, some fur, fangs, and some surprises. Its eyes should shine in the dark, and it should always land on its feet. Oh, sure. Hmm. Give cat six eyes. <laughs> we only have two eyes left. Two eyes. I like that. Cranium, 23 pantines, jaw, 12 photox, no eyebrows. Nice. Hmm. Notice how the heavy lids give it an arrogant yet warm expression. Nice job, staff. You've designed the perfect animal, cat. However, there is one finishing touch. Give it nine lives. Well, let's just say it would make a great plot for a story, okay? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cartoncast. My name is Zane. And my name is Joshua. Yes, our good friend Joshua, back on the podcast to sub in as Ben is out for the for the moment. And, um, you know, we're doing, we're doing a few episodes that are a little off the rails, a little off the beaten path of what we normally do. And I'm letting people who have been on the podcast say... Hey, let's check this out, and uh, you know, without having to justify to Ben why he has to watch, uh, uh, in this case, Garfield. So, Josh, today we are talking about Garfield, His Nine Lives. You got the title right because for years I always called it Garfield and His Nine Lives, but that doesn't Seems like make it should sense. be called that. <laughs> but but, nope, that, there's but a that would be in there. That would be ten. Garfield and His Nine Lives. Oh, that yep, would be yep. Ten. Nope, they so make no. it very clear that the canonical Garfield is his eighth life. Correct. The baffling uh, choice. Garfield. So it should be Garfield's nine lives. Mm. Anyway. Or their okay. nine lives. Yeah. So why did I choose this? Uh, you said that you wanted boot, uh, unshelled or bootleg. I yeah, un- unshelled. Just something wanted, off, something that we wouldn't normally do. You wanted unshelled. Uh, and so I thought about it, and I didn't want to do a miniseries. I wanted to save that, and I had this. And I wanted to do uh, something I, short that didn't take a lot of prep. Right. And I... I thought about it. I'm like, oh, well, I want to do Garfield and his nine lives. Oh, you have uh, the DVD. Great. <laughs> it gets better. So before we had a streaming, we had DVD. Interesting. It's true. We, and before we had that, we had VHS. <laughs> you have both. This <laughs> is the original VHS I had as a six, seven-year-old. Wow. Uh-huh. And, uh, and if so you, was this like a, this was like a Josh childhood watched again and again kind of deal. Yes. Uh, is the video, this is, remember, uh, no, you probably, were you a big, did you have a lot of, uh, pre-recorded, not stuff you recorded yourself, but like pre-recorded videos that you bought? Um, we had a few. I definitely did watch the ones that we recorded more because all of the Power Rangers were on those. But, you know, we had the Disney movies, of course. You know, we had like Land Before Time, The Brave Little Toaster, all the classics. See, we never had Dis- – I didn't have Disney movies. Like other people had Disney movies. So why buy the Disney movie when you can – like your babysitter has the Disney movie. I don't want to buy the Disney movie. Watch yeah, it while you're even there. Even at a young age, you're just like, how can I mooch? How yeah. can I mooch this? But so I, we saw – I can't – I think this is the first Garfield – maybe we had Garfield Christmas. I don't remember because I still have that VHS too. But so – but I got this VHS at some point and I watched it. And I think I was like six or seven and I watched this thing to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I'd seen Garfield and Friends by that point. Um, so, but I watched this one. This was my favorite. And then I, I like, I didn't watch it. Like v- VCRs went out of vogue. 
or maybe uh-huh. I just grew up did, didn't have access to this v- VHS, so I didn't watch I've, it. I've for... definitely heard about them going out of vogue. <laughs> I need to get one because I got a bunch. Of, I don't know if you can see them, and people listening to this aren't going to give mm-hmm. a damn. I got my box <laughs> of, of pre-recorded videotapes that I still need to dub to DVD of stuff that my I recorded, my dad recorded. I got some vintage Nickelodeon from 1995. Ooh, so. with the commercials, I love yes. it. I love the like old commercials where you're like, man, they used to sell a lot of jam to children. Yeah. They you were big like, into jam. And I remember that, like, watch that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, I, commercials that you haven't seen forever, but you, the minute you see it, you're like, I remember Creepy Crawlies. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, watched the video as a kid, watched it, didn't watch it for a while, and then uh, they put it on DVD, but uh, the DVD went out of print before I could get hold of it. Like, oh. I was young, like so I, was, so I don't know when it went out of print. And then they announced in, like, 2018 they were going to put it back on DVD, so this is the re-release. It's it's interesting to me that it's just the Nine Lives one. It's not a collection of some of the other ones because because it looked. I was doing some research on this. There were twelve different Garfield specials yep. starting as far back as nineteen eighty two. And I have six of them on video. Er, Christmas, Christmas, Thanksgiving. I think I have like seven or eight of them on DVD. I, there's I know there's a few I don't have. That's uh, impressive. Yeah, and then there's one that they never put out on video. So Ooh. the one the live the live. <laughs> The one where it's like, let's go behind the scenes, and you actually get to see the voice of Odie and the voice of John, and then you don't get to see Lorenzo music though. Weird. Yeah, it's like it's it's hosted by Jim Davis, and Jim Davis is like, and Lorenzo music, whose face I've never seen, and it, like, they, they don't sh- <laughs> they show Lorenzo music, they don't show his face. He's recording it. It's yeah. just like silhouetted, like he's in, like he's show, in a, uh, you know, se- Secret Service or like. Yeah. <laughs> um, the witness protection. <laughs> they show his back. They won't show it. Like you remember, if you remember, and Lorenzo Music was Carlton the Dorm. But uh, I bought the DVD, and my then girlfriend came up for the first time, and this was one of the first things we watched together. So it has happy memories in that sense. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, we we've talked about Garfield on the show before. We did a Garfield and Friends way back in the day. Garfield um, and Friends. Sorry. Garfield not, and Friends. He's not here. I feel like I have to do it. I appreciate Some, that. Someone's got to do it. So. This this um you know this special it's about forty something minutes long, and it's based on a book of short stories that Jim Davis wrote in nineteen eighty four. Right mm-hmm. now they made the special in nineteen eighty eight, yep. and Garfield and Friends also started in nineteen eighty eight with the same voices. So this special takes place during the first season, but Lorenzo Music was playing Garfield all the way in the beginning one in in eighty two, and. This is something, I, I don't know if you knew this, I don't know if this is something that, you know, you you would expect. Every single one of these Garfield specials was nominated for or won an Emmy. Uh, I'm not surprised. Um, but also, you have to remember, it was like prime, it, this was pre-Simpsons. Of course. Remember, remember that. So, this was pre-Simpsons, pre-things like that. So, there wasn't, pickings were slim. And, you know, DuckTales <laughs> was not going to get nominated. Ooh. Sorry, DuckTales fans. But I think I think Saturday morning was disqualified. I think syndicated programming was disqualified. Interesting. I think it was. So, it's kind of like how, like, sure you know, either. 2020, only so many movies came out. So, you yeah. see, you know, this one. Oh, how did it do? How was this the top grossing one? Well, yeah. now we know why. Well, that's, yeah, so, that's a whole other asterisk. debate. <laughs> But um, so these were mostly produced by Phil Roman, who also yep. produced the Peanuts specials. Yes. Um, so that has a very similar feel. He, he also served as the executive producer on Bobby's World, and uh, fans of the show know how I feel about that. Yeah, I love. I love the other thing about the video. I'm going to hold the video up, even though again, no one cares. Uh, Peanuts was also put out by the same video company, and I, I'm going to give you the audio of this. But uh, they were put out by CBS Fox Video. 
Remember CBS okay. and Fox on video had a, and their their logo is my favorite logo ever, and I'm so angry that the company doesn't exist anymore because I love their opening logo, and you're gonna put the audio from their logo in now. Like how Paramount had that da 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 da, like the like jingle for their opening. I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to remember if there's one that still do it. MGM has the lion, obviously, but that's not really a song. Um, it it speaks to my heart. Yeah, but it was at the beginning of like all these videos aimed at children, and it's just one of those things that always stuck out of my mind. Which, by the way, yeah, if yeah. you guys ever do peanuts, uh, some of the peanuts, uh, maybe not the specials, but some of the stuff they did, you gotta. I'll recommend that for some future cartoon cast that I won't be part of. Yeah, um, I, I, I could I could watch a Charlie Brown and the gang. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you later. Um, but yeah, they're good. <laughs> I don't want to recommend one and then have you. There's, although I told Zane, I told your brother, uh, you're Zane. I, I never Hi. told you this. <laughs> I never told you this. You look like what I thought your brother would look like and your brother looks like what I thought you would look like. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that uh, before from other people as well. Uh, there, there's been a few times when we see, you know, guests on the show for the first time and we're like, yep, that's, that's you. <laughs> that's what you look like. <laughs> well, I look uh, like me. No one, like, what do you look like, Josh? I look like guy who was kicked off the set of Miami Vice. You know? <laughs> Listen, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> um, so I guess my question about this is, um, of the Garfield specials, why this one? You you had mentioned, was this your first one of the specials? Like, it was either this or Christmas, and I obviously it's not Christmas time, but I think this right. is this was probably the first, certainly the one that stuck out of my mind most. My mom's best friend was really loved Garfield, and she had all of them on video. Maybe not all of them, but most of them. And so, that's how I saw um, Garfield in the Rough, which is the one where they go camping, uh, mm-hmm. which is a family inside joke that no one will find funny. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Garfield, uh, in, I think it's Garfield in Paradise, the one where they go to Hawaii. And then we rented some from the video store. I remember that. Because at the beginning of it, it's like, you know, check out Garfield and his other adventures. You know, mm-hmm. those old, that which is something I miss now is those old previews. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where they were just clearly selling you something. Yeah. And I bought it like tooth and nail. And I bought it like, you know. It worked. You, you did not have to work hard to get me interested. Movie. So it sounds overnight. like you're you're pretty pro Garfield on the whole. Uh, did do you enjoy his other media works, or is it pretty much the the cartoon angle? Um, I like the comic strip. I like the. I don't like some of the newer cartoon, the weird French 3D animation. Oh, the 3D. Yeah, the yeah, nightmares. No, no, thank you. <laughs> well, well, how about the the Bill Murray movies? Haven't seen them, uh, but just based on the fact of what they are, I think that the answer is probably similar to the French thing. Like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, this is not my Garfield. What do you think of uh, Garfield minus Garfield? That's one of those, uh, which we'll bring this up when we get to the Egypt segment. Um, yeah, I, I, I've watched a few of those, and it's like, I don't know what to think, because I, in my mind, I don't know if John can or can't understand what Garfield says. Right, right. It's It's an area of active discussion. Yeah. See, I just, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't even occur to me that, wait, is there a possibility that he doesn't understand? And someone said that I'm like, well, okay, let me think about that. And I watched it. I'm like, well, I guess it's a possibility. (laughs) It just doesn't come up very much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be lying if I said I was a connoisseur of Garfield minus Garfield. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's of the Garfield. It's, it's the postmodern Garfield. I have no problem with its existence. Um, Oh, that's, that's big of you. So, um. Yeah, so this, uh, shall we just get into talking about the the plot, or uh, do you have more background on this one? No, I think that we've pretty much covered all of it. 
Alrighty. So Garfield, his nine lives. The, the basic idea here is um, cats have nine lives, widely understood fact. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, you know, what was Garfield doing in all of those uh, nine lives? And the way that this is framed is God, mm-hmm. who's a cartoonist. Yep. And Ooh. the the way that this intro sequence is animated is is baffling. It's just a lot of like intense visual effects and close ups, and like like lighting. Um, but with you know you get a, you get a godlike voice like I feel like creating cat today and it will have nine lives it'll be a great plot for a story. Yep. I feel like they, they just shot this. They, someone brought in a handy cam and shot at uh-huh. Phil and Roman for those scenes, uh, <laughs> which I'm fine with. But I love I love the for for years I thought that that was Jim Davis and then you see Jim Davis you like you look nothing like God in this. You look yeah, like yeah. a over- <laughs> you don't look anything like you were kicked off of Miami Vice. <laughs> You don't look like uh, watching it today. I'm like, why does God look like Andrew Gold? Uh, Andrew Gold was a singer. Um, Thank you. He's got. He's got <laughs> you like, knew. You knew immediately that I yeah. would not know that reference. He's got long hair, and I'm like, he's got that long kind of hair, like '70s hair, where you're not quite a hippie, but you're not a Republican. Um, <laughs> yeah, somewhere in that vague gray area. There's a guy on an episode of Concentration. I just remember who had hair. He had hair down to here. And Alex Trebek's like, hey, why do you have hair like that? And he's like, oh, that's just so people know I'm not a Republican. <laughs> yeah, like like it looks like you had the idea of getting a mullet, but you yeah. didn't have the cojones to follow through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the I can't get over the, the intense backlighting and overexposure of this shot mm-hmm. of this live action, you know, God, you know, faux God in his like looks like a shorts and like a like a hoodie. And do then we, we get into the animated animated stuff. Do we know who the voice... I'm betting that the guy who did the voice was not the guy on camera. Does it say? my compu- I checked and my computer's being spooty. Yeah, let me, let me, let me check that real quick. Right. I'm going to check before here. And I looked at the credits and I didn't see any names. I didn't see any male godlike voice names. So, because I see the typical guy, the Greg Berger, the Tom Hughie, the... Lorenzo music and yeah, then yeah. nine or ten women, but none of them. I, I think, yeah, I think this has just got to be whoever they had around. Uncredited godlike voice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uncred- much like the real god, uncredited <laughs> for Garfield. So, um, yeah, uh, we get a little. So that's, that's like the overall framing is mm-hmm. God is, you know. Created Garfield. Created cat. cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we get the actual, like, cartoon framing where, like, Garfield in his noir, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, hat fedora thing smoking a cigarette against a wall is like or no he's playing the harmonica harmonica. we just get a brief introduction to each of the nine lives and what those are going to look like the uh what i like to call the uh budget saving where we take a frame from the special we've already animated and we show it again yeah it's like you're you're serving hors d'oeuvres at a party but it's just like the main dish cut up small (laughs) we get a song by lou rawls that's pretty good i'm not against it and it, it does show you in these little clips, like, oh, we're going to get kind of a variety of animation styles. Yep. That's the thing I think is most impressive. I'm trying to think of other stuff that had this varied an animation style. Maybe we should talk about that after we talk about some of them. Because 1, 2, 8, and 9 are pretty much the same. Would mm-hmm. you agree animation-wise? Yeah, it's kind of classic Garfield style. And then 3, 4, 5, and five, six, and 7 are, each one is completely different. Yeah, and some I don't of them ne- are really out there. Yeah, I don't necessarily know what each one is trying to reference, but, you know, clearly each one, it doesn't take, you know, blind person could probably tell the difference, you know. 
Yeah, so so um, these roughly follow a chronology, yep. right? We start all the way in caveman times uh, with Cave Cat. In my first life, I formulated many of my likes and dislikes. I disliked my rock bed. On the other hand, you wouldn't believe the size of the pterodon drumsticks. Cave Cat. We get the, uh, you know... You, anyone who's seen the uh, the Tarzan show that we that we reviewed, it's these static, almost pastel backgrounds, uh, and just you know Garfield's limited animation in front of it. But he's like a Garfield walrus. Yeah, he's got. What was your take on this walrus? I don't know. Again, he could have just made him fat. I don't know why. The, did I guess a saber tooth? Saber tooth tiger. I guess is the idea oh, there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Then why is he so fat? Why does he look like a walrus? <laughs> he comes up out of the water. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, also the first the first reptile came out of the first water out of the water. The crabgrass comes out of the water, and the first real estate salesman comes out of the water. Uh, I don't know why. I think it's you want to delineate. You also want to delineate. You don't want to delineate Garfield too much. It's the first segment. You want it to be recognizable as Garfield, but it can't be Garfield. It's got to be different enough. So, and obviously, right. the very first one's going to be Cave One or something pre pre. Uh, civilized man yeah can't can't be a can't be a reptile yeah and so you're, you're limited and obviously you're gonna have that be not just like your regular house docile house cat in bc mm-hmm. times so i think they were just trying to make it recognizable but not garfield which, which is an interesting succeeded. choice for the first segment um yeah. so the what we get is this um like a faux documentary narrative um, mm-hmm. I, it reminded me of the first chunk of, uh, did you ever see The Three Caballeros? If I did, I don't remember it. It does a similar effect where it's like, yeah, eventually we're going to have a plot with these bird people, but first we're just going to do like documentary speak on a couple other bird vignettes. <laughs> About 10 million years ago, the first cat crawled out of the sea. His first word was... <clears throat> he had been holding his breath for quite some time. Um. Yeah, so uh, basically... Garfield is doing Garfield adventures as a caveman, like chasing after Lady Cat, get hit by a caveman, domestication, Odie's a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, Sees a volcano. Which, did volcanoes erupt more during caveman times? Yeah, I had to assume so, because they weren't beaten into submission by, uh, you know, whatever we do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, because oh, we started sacrificing to them, so now, yeah. they're, now they're quieter. Oh, okay, that's good. And yeah. then... What kind of tree was that? I, I could not he- make out. What kind of tree did he say that was? The narrator. That, that... Uh, the one that the one that murdered him. It, yeah. I don't know. He. I think he's referring to Big Bob. Oh, Baobab, maybe. That's like the Baobab name of the dog. That's the name of Big the dog. Bob, yeah. But what's the name of the tree? Like he says, like I thought he said, like a crab tree. Yeah, he, a as crab a joke. Tree. Like, yeah, like as a joke of like, oh, we don't have crab. We don't have crab trees. We have crab grass. We would have had crab trees, but Big Bob Odie. Ripped yeah, up they the don't first explain genome. it. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird joke. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, this this was a you know this was a fine segment. It had a lot of like visual variety, but in terms of like uh, plot stuff, it's it's some Flintstones. It's it uh, it wasn't my favorite. This easily could have been a this one, and then I mean, like, there's a couple that easily could have been segments on Garfield and Friends, and this is definitely one of them. Yeah, because, I mean, eventually in the final one we go to space, and that was an episode of Garfield and Friends. I don't remember that one, but it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, well, why do you think they did some, like, 
for the show and some as specials? Was it just like marketing, um, branding, timing? Well, the specials came first, and I think it was just – it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you're doing great with these specials. Why don't we get you guys a series? And they were like mm-hmm. – I don't know. I've never talked to Jim Davis or Mark Avani or any Mark Avani or if you're listening to this, call me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It could easily just have been someone said someone gave to them and said, "Hey, we'll we'll buy 26 of them," and they were like, well, "Let's make 26 of them." Yeah, could be. That's what happened with Peanuts. Yeah. I know. I do know that because I've listened to interviews with uh, the guys who made Peanuts. It's like they came to us and said, "Can you do 17 of these?" And I'm like, "We'll do 17." And then they're like, "You want to do 17 more?" No. Let's just do specials. <laughs> But I guess Garfield, that wasn't that hard. So, Yeah, Gar- Garfield seems extremely adaptable. Like, he was made to be palatable for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so next we get King Cat. This is the ancient Egypt uh, yep. version. And I, even as a kid, I remember thinking this was kind of dark, but uh, you get... Oh, baby, these, was it ever. <laughs> yeah. What's the name of the... What's the name of... I can't remember the name. I remember Black Bart, but I can't remember the name of the actual pharaoh, the first pharaoh. Oh, yeah, I didn't write it down. I just wrote down Evil Brother Prince Black Bart because it's so, like, out of place. It's like this snidely whiplash Wild West kind of guy His brother was doing was abdu- murder to his feral brother to gain his, power. His brother was abducted by, like, Gambonese pirates and, you know, became, like, some kind of swashbuckler and then found Baffling. his way found his way back to Egypt, too, and decided to reclaim <laughs> the throne. A long story of life that yeah. is done off screen. <laughs> Garf- uh, so yeah, yeah, in uh, in King Cat, Garfield himself is um, narrating, mm-hmm. um, and he is like the king's pet, and he's also a slave master. So mm-hmm. the the slavery part of this was handled, I think, not well. Yeah. So first off, you have the dogs, and mm-hmm. those are just dog slaves, and Odie is like his chief musher. But then later on, we get like human slaves who are mm-hmm. just em- emaciated brown people in diapers, yeah. chanting "Bo Bo Boring." Which I would I don't know how if this is politically correct or not, but I would think being a slave like when you're not being like you, that would I can't imagine that would be a very exciting life. <laughs> but boring is not the problem. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's yeah, obviously yeah. There's a problem. Which by the way, I learned this from a Japanese game show. Apparently, slaves could take sick days. Slaves in ancient really? Egypt. Could, I mean, yeah. When they were building the pyramid, they actually had work logs. Go figure. Huh. Yeah. I mean. I, I don't I don't want to get into that. It's just yeah. it's just one of those fascinating like things you don't think about. Like yeah. oh yeah, sometimes they would be sick, and you you, what, you can kill him or you can get him to work tomorrow. Like it's bad. Yeah. I mean when um so uh, uh when we have uh, Passover seders when when we go to those there's a there's a neat little passage in there about how like as a demoralizing tactic the Egyptians would force the Jews to um like the strong ones would do the easy work and the weak ones would do the hard work. And, you know, to, to young, you know, uh, very sarcastic kids, it's we're not talking about like, oh, how terrible or like slavery is such an awful institution. It's just like, that's poor business management right there. Like, that's not, <laughs> I mean, look, do you want the pyramids done or what? Um, I like the joke in there about maybe we can make a cube. Maybe, why don't we make them cube shaped? And everyone's going, nah. <laughs> Which, I, <laughs> why weren't they cube shaped? Is there a reason? I'm not a big Egyptologist. So if there's some Egypt person, if there's some person that knows a lot about ancient Egypt who wants to explain this to us in an email, please do. Yeah, why were they I mean, shaped like pyramids? I mean, on the one hand, a pyramid is a lot less space than a, a cube. Like, you, you occupy the same real estate, but it's far less work to make. Mm-hmm. But the, the other part of it is like, you know, huge triangles survive the test of time very well, whereas cubes, there's a lot of faces for erosion. 
Yeah. But um, one thing I don't know I if they were like really thinking the that, that <laughs> long term when they were making them. But go ahead. Oh, oh, you're telling me that the people who spent decades building stuff that would last the test of time forever weren't thinking they weren't taking playing the long game? <laughs> Valid point. Um, I do like one of the uh, slaves has an Australian accent. That yep. threw me. <laughs> he was summary. He, he was one of the the. Uh, uh, no, I guess that was in the previous the empowered segment. I guess we can't make that joke. Never mind. Yeah, so well, he, some... yeah, he's he's a um, he's a foreign exchange slave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, he he tells Garfield like, yeah, you think you have it so good, you're gonna get tossed in the pyramid when the pharaoh dies, and and we yeah. get a look at the pharaoh, and he's oh he's begging for death. He's, he's like he's, cat's cradle. He is too dumb to live. <laughs> yeah, he does not look like the healthiest chap either. Yeah, he and and when we see yeah. that like uh, <laughs> Black, Black Bart, Bart is trying to kill him, we get a sequence of Garfield. Uh, trying to keep him from dying. Yeah. I love it when, and I've never understood this. Like, mm-hmm. he wants to, so the first one obviously is the door opens, he walks out, falls onto Garfield, he survives, okay, great. I buy that. The, sure. the one that, the second one is the one that bothers me, more so than the dynamite, which again, um, which is, he pushes <laughs> the stone out, Black Bart pushes the stone out, presumably if it lands on the Pharaoh, it will kill him. Garfield pushes mm-hmm. him out of the way, the stone lands on Garfield, and Garfield just is like 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 Wiley e. Coyote. He's fine. Like it. Like he he's not yeah. fine. He's not. He, he's injured. He's like you know like the the goofy like dazed. But he's yeah, not yeah. dead by any stretch of the imagination. Like theoretically, the Pharaoh would have been. I've never understood that. It's it's this idea that Garfield. You know, you know, it's like how Wiley e. Coyote only falls when he realizes there's no ground beneath him. Garfield can survive as long as he knows what's about to hit him. He's got tune logic. But the Pharaoh, you know, that's. You know, he's got plot death. But yeah, the third way to kill him is dynamite, which yeah. is fascinating. because that Black is, like, Bart went and hung out in Sweden thing. for a few years and <laughs> built a time machine, went forward in time, found Alfred Nobel, who taught him and how to make dynamite. And that Pharaoh's name was <laughs> Great Pharaoh Noble. Uh, so, Makes yeah, dynamite, stick a dynamite. Garfield doesn't know what dynamite is. Yeah. Which you and, wouldn't uh, either. Accidentally kills uh, the Pharaoh with it. And then he gets uh, he gets wrapped up. He gets mummied, mummied, uh, put in there. And he's like, "All right, how long is it going to be until I asphyxiate?" Which again, pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about seventy three years. So, yeah. um, but the way that this sequence ends is uh, Odie ha- helps him out and uh, takes power. He's he's the revered pet now, and cats are subservient. Yeah, I always forgot that part. I don't know why. I always thought it ended with Garfield being thrown in the pyramid, mm-hmm. and he's like, "How long?" Do I-? Like I thought that was the end of it, but no, there's more to it. So yeah, which why did Black it, Bart want dot? Did Black Bart have a reason for like suddenly I mean, like he changing? just wanted power? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he saw that some of the cats were really smart and didn't trust that. Okay, I'll buy that. I, I have no idea. It, it's it's a baffling choice. Yeah, Black Bart never gets yeah. his comeuppance. At least not in this special. Maybe there's some other thing where some other person kills Black Bart. I don't know. That was a weird one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a weird one. Yeah, and this is one of the one of the longer sequences. Yeah, I'm getting Garfield's third life. This is, um, this one's different, guys. Garfield's acid trip. <laughs> is this like a is this like a yellow submarine kind of thing? I'm trying to think of what this was like, and I think it's it reminded me of like those things from the 30s with like the giant like Uncle Al or Uncle Todd Ted, what's his name? Like has that giant face, like like that clown face. Like remember those depictions oh, of the like, we- a, like yeah. a Bobo the clown kind of thing? Yeah, and it's like the clown doll I, that you're supposed to punch because you th- hate it. We should probably say this is a different animation style than the first two. This is yeah, this this one is um, 
it's like a like a Willy Wonka Candyland. Yeah. So uh, this is called In the Gardens, and it is a tale of a horrifying little girl, uh, <laughs> Chloe. Chloe, and, her. and she's the narrator, and her she orange cat. is just nonstop describing the colors and the whimsy that they're having. <laughs> yep, and that the garden exists and works because of love and understanding and friendship between herself and Garfield. And Garfield is looking happy, but he's not looking Garfield. No. He's, uh, what's he called? The orange cat. Isn't he called the orange cat or the orange feline? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It seemed like it was always summer in the garden. Uncle Todd built the garden during a very intense period of just having fun. He was known for that. Singing and dancing and being every bit a prankster. He and the sun laughed a lot. Yeah, and she, she oh God, she's so terrible. Like, she's got these big bug eyes. It's kind of like if Kermit came to life. <laughs> yep. um, Voiced by Nermal, Desiree Goyette. Oh, maybe they were doing like a, like a, in another life, Nermal was a, was a woman who, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And she also introduced this Uncle Todd who's, terrifying too he's like playing an accordion that turns into shapes colors and yeah. like and a balloon uh, he turns into no i'm sorry he turns into the balloon yeah but he, he turns into the balloon is he again I, with the religion debate i don't know is he supposed to be an allegory for god which again kind of makes me question like well who was the guy at the beginning of the special well the, this this becomes an allegory for like the garden of eden mm-hmm. right like the the he's up in the sky he's yeah. unknowable and he says, hey, you guys are free to enjoy the garden, uh, but don't touch what is it? the crystal, crystal box, box on the checkerboard toadstool. Don't open it. Yeah, don't open it. Yeah. It's a damn tempting box. Yeah. And, okay, so you hadn't, had, you'd never, am I correct in that you'd never seen this before? I, 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 I would have said something before if I had okay. seen this. <laughs> did, what did you think, how did you think this was going to end when they brought up that box? I mean, I thought it was so obvious they were going to open the box and... Well, she says, like, I'm not going to do it. I thought Garfield was going to open it and it would kill him, doing, like, a curiosity kill the cat kind of mm-hmm. moral. But that doesn't happen. But they don't. They don't open the box. It's all happy-dappy. Presumably they it's live to an old age. box. Yeah. That's the thing I always... Like, sometimes you should listen to the omnipotent voice telling you don't open the freaking box. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's just me. I don't know. I never, like, like I think I bitched to you guys about this. I don't know if this was in some other thing about Monkey D. Luffy in One Piece. Uh, Monkey D. Luffy is told, do not eat that fruit. Do not eat the cursed fruit. And then he eats the cursed fruit and he's gifted with miraculous powers. It's like, where's the morality? Yeah. It just pisses Josh off. I mean, yeah, I mean, that worked out for him. Yeah. I mean, the One Piece universe is a, is a, is a bastion of, you know, free, free love and no rules. As was this. Oh, I, I believe But there was a, but there was one rule. Yeah. Don't open the box. Mm -hmm. I, I think this... You know, some of this one and some of the other weirder animation style ones are like more interesting and more like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, engaging and more stimulating. Yeah. Not really Garfield. No. But if it's <laughs> not really been, a Garfield yeah. story. Okay. So we didn't, I haven't read the, uh, I've watched, I watched some guy's review of it, like in preparation for this, the, the actual Garfield and his nine lives, the book. Uh huh. Apparently, there's a couple that are... Di- like, that's in there. I think Egypt is in there. I think Cave Cat's in there. Uh, number five, Stunt Cat's not in there. Like, that's hmm. completely different. It's like this weird thing where Garfield becomes like a werewolf and kills his old lady owner. Yeah. Yo, I guess they, that's way better. <laughs> I guess they didn't feel like that would be appropriate for 
this special. So they, I guess they they were worried about how that ended. And it has a different ending. And I don't think God is in the book. I don't think the God creator is in the book like he is in the special. Yeah, they uh, were going for they were going for a different kind of kind of thing. Yeah, because because some things like uh, you know casual werewolf murder uh, play better in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> um. So now we have Garfield number four. This is Court Musician, and it's not real. Again, this one's not really about Garfield. This is about no. a composer working under Haydn. Isn't it Friedrich Handel? Handel, Handel. Yeah, Handel. It's Handel. It is Handel. The composer I always get is them mixed up because yeah, because this is the Baroque period, not the classical. Yeah, there's a harpsichord in the background. Yeah. You 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 know your stuff. The composer is Handel, and yes. he's got a. It's George the First. He's got to compose something for George the First, and the weird ass court jester who really seems to get off on the thought oh, of. He's just. He's just yanking it to the idea that this composer's gonna die if he doesn't make a concerto properly. He's got like a decapitation fetish. Like, like, uh, the, the, that scene, like where the concerto's going on and he's like showing the uh-huh. slides of, of decapitate, of like, like not gruesome decapitation, obviously, but like. Just, just like all yeah. the ways that he's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like, of a, and he like sneaks a, in a slide of himself on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, Honestly, most of this is just jester antics being sadistic, mm-hmm. um, and and the composer, you know, he has to, he he thought he had to write a fugue, but he has to write a concerto, which has traditionally four movements and is not traditionally performed by a string quartet. Yeah, I don't think the just, people who knew that I don't think the people who made this also realized that I don't think ancient Egypt was quite that developed by two thousand BC. But you know, if, let's not worry about the let's not worry about the details. I'm not here for historical accuracy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so he's like, okay, I'll write the first two movements, uh, Garfield, or or just cat, like a blue cat. Yep. Here you write, uh, you write the rest, and so you know the first couple movements go okay, and they get to the third one, and it's just like a paw, pr- a bunch of paw prints on the on the uh, sheet music. Yep. And so, the, to see the Baroque guy, you know, like, oh, which why didn't you check the sheet music before you? You thought they would have rehearsed, but I guess not. In no time. There was yeah. no time. Uh, but yeah, it's actually a pretty cool. Uh, it's it's yeah. pretty good music. It's it's like a funky harmonica piece. The king loves it. They put it over the end credits, and then the I love. Don't you love how anachronistic? Like not anachronistic. It's intentional. Where they they put them. It becomes like a blues quartet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you take the, you know, you take the uh, the long bass, and you, instead of stringing uh, uh, stringing it with the bow, you just pluck it. Yeah. After that night, I never wrote any more music. Had I stuck with it, there would have been the recording contracts, the concerts, the agents, the managers, the roadies, the groupies. It sounded like a lot of work to me. So how many, how many, let's, let's do a quick count of happy and sad endings. First one, murder. Murder. Second one, slavery. Uh, Third Uh, one. Third one, happily ever after. Yeah. Fourth one, all right. Happily ever after. Presumably that, presumably King George doesn't, you know demand more of yeah yeah it's like monkeys on a typewriter like your cat writes your concerto that's only gonna work one out of <laughs> several hundred times <laughs> and then we get uh, then we get a sad ending with stunt cat stunt where cat. this is just this is just black and white drawings uh, evocative of the early movies and it's just he takes the place of some other critter underneath a pile of bricks he gets hit with a pile of bricks <laughs> and then they clean it up and put their actual cat back in there or whoever that wasn't like it wasn't a cat it was someone it was not even a cat it was some monstrosity it's it's like a pre-existing character because i looked at the credits i can't remember what it was called but apparently that's an actual comic that's owned by the same people that own garfield oh no way yeah i guess Uh, i don't know don't ask me what it's called so some sort of noid yeah 
something that they don't have to pay too much for because because King because it's owned by the same company. Yeah. Um, I know I did look this up coming here, and I know we probably aren't going to have a whole lot to say about Stunt Cat. I don't know. Like, were that was that a thing in the nineteen tens and twenties of would of animals like pre ASPCA of animals being like literally put in there to die for the purpose of making a movie. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, I mean, that's why they say no animals were harmed in the making of this film. I know that, like, they must have had stunt doubles for a lot of, for at least humans, because, like, you know, oh, he does his own stunts. Like, that's always been a bragging, right? Mm-hmm. But for cats, yeah, it seems, I mean, certainly you wouldn't just drop a bunch of bricks on them. One would hope. I, I Buster would Keaton hope. might do it, but, you know. I would hope. Buster <laughs> Keaton, you can drop, you can drop bricks. Like, he was pretty good about it, though. He was pretty good about, uh, you know, I'll do the dangerous thing. Oh, he was begging for it. He loved that. Yeah. Yeah, he we're going to have to get Phil on. We're going to have to ask Phil if uh, if they use stunt animals. He'll know. But it's animated kind of like, uh, what was it called, Gertie the Dinosaur? Kind of really early animation. Yeah, very limited. Yeah. But it works. Yeah. It works. And it's only five, like four, five it, frames per minute kind yeah. of deal. And it's only like nine. So it's only about like less than 30 seconds, I think. Super. I mean, it's like a Garfield comic strip, like the setup, the punchline, the. And that's definitely probably a third thing. That's definitely not in the book. I know that. Which is so weird because that's such an easy yeah. <laughs> like slapstick comedy is so easy to do in, in that format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we get, believe it or not, another weird one. This another is. One. Uh, uh, Life six, Life Diana's six. piano. Which someone listening to this, if like like Diana's piano, like does Garfield like hang out and like become a jazz? Qu- no, no, no. There are two cats in this one, and neither of them are discernibly Garfield. Yes, Patches is Patches. Them... Yeah, Patches is yeah, the first cat who's not. being told the story. Yep. The other one is Diana. So this is a story within a story. So we start with an older woman stroking Patches, mm-hmm. and she says, "I had a good cat once." Let's go back to that. And she's saying, like, yeah, when I was, you know, for my eighth birthday, I was playing the piano. I got a kitten. Um, this, again, has a very different uh, animation yeah. style where, like, it's kind of, um, you know, the movement's kind of flowy, but the, mm-hmm. the like, designs are almost like um, yeah, I'm almost like paintings. Yeah, it's, like, very watercolor Like a still life or a, yeah. like a Rockwell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah. we see go through Sarah's, Sarah's the name of the person. She gets, on her eighth birthday, a cat that looks nothing like Garfield, mm-hmm. that her parents insist on naming Diana after the Roman god of... Cats. Something. Uh, and she gets piano lessons. Yep. And yep. Diana, who is not Garfield, um, really likes it when Sarah plays the piano. Yeah, and she she squeals when she makes a bad note, so yeah. she learns the piano really well. And it's yeah. a you know it's a cute little, mm-hmm. you know it's the kind of thing your your parents would tell your your guests when they come over and they're like, oh, how'd you get so good? Oh, well, it's this cat. <laughs> but yeah, so she uh, she goes to college. She leaves the cat behind. Kind still like there the, when she gets yeah. back, you know. Kind of like the Giving Tree, almost. It's a little bit like the Giving Tree, like uh, you know. We're, we're dealing with two entities that are aging at different rates and have different needs, but just like a, a, a long-term love. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so so she and her, you know, college beau have a baby, and, uh, you know, Diana's an old cat, and, uh, you know, it's like uh, she'll treat her to a lovely concert on the piano, and then the cat will die on the piano, and that's it. The cat dies, and then it cuts back to Sarah telling Patches, and Patches, would you like me to play the piano? And... 
I, there's a very beautiful thing that I'm about to take a huge dump on. I think, <laughs> by the way, I think this, uh, I'll, I'll save that for later. So, like, telling Patches and Patches is like, yeah, I don't want to hear the piano. And she's like, yeah, it's probably for the best. Which, can you imagine, like, if you're a cat, <laughs> imagine if you're a cat and you're the owner, your owner's like, man, I had another cat that was really, really amazing once. Man, oh, I you cat- sure you don't want to hear me play the piano? My ex used to love it. <laughs> <laughs> that cat was great. Yeah, he'd always play the piano and it was so lovely. You want, like, how about, yeah, oh, yeah. So, what do you think, new cat? What's that thing about, like, not buying your new ki- your kid a new cat after the old cat dies? Like, yeah, don't, don't yeah. lift a, don't look a gift cat horse's yeah. mouth in the gift. So, but I will now, uh, do you have any cynical thing you want to say about this before I say the really nice thing? Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's just, you know, dick move, new cat. Yeah. Well, dick move owner of new cat. Like, I don't want to hear about your old cat, but, um, yeah, I, this is weird. It's like, this is like really beautiful, which you don't expect. It's bittersweet. Yeah. It's like really emotive. Like you don't, I'm trying to, okay. There was one other Garfield when Garfield met his mom. That one was kind of, that was cute. That was cute. That one had the moment, but this is like really tugs at your heartstrings. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, this is easily the least Garfield-esque sequence, yeah. uh, but it, it kind of has the most, uh, you know, it's it stands on its own. You yeah. you wouldn't be surprised to see, um, not with the words, not with the narration, but, like, the visuals you wouldn't be surprised to see in a Fantasia. Yeah, it's very good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's, I wonder if they brought in, I know that each segment had different co-directors, but I'm wondering how, how far out they went with that. Because Phil Roman, yeah. if you've watched him, he has a pretty distinct style, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it applies to Garfield, but it doesn't quite apply to the, some of these segments. I kind of like it. Yeah, I think I think people probably you know like hey, you get one shot, you know, you get to take this one and make it however you want. Um, mm-hmm. Which we also see in the next one. This is Lab Animal, and this is also Lab like Ca- a Fantasia, yeah. like it's orchestral music, no dialogue. I don't know if it's quite uh, like Fantasia. It's more like Watership Down in terms of its animation it's, style. It's a, it's, a, it's a little bit Watership Down. It's a little you know Rats of Nim. Yep. Uh, this is this is the story of a lab animal who. Um, Oh, baby, the, the scientists who are doing this horrific, like, genetic experimentation, even they're like, you think this might be unethical? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be here when 12 Monkeys goes down. <laughs> um, and this cat, again, not Garfield, it looks uh, kind of like, like um, did you ever watch the Aristocats? Uh, yeah. Or, or this could be like, like Oliver. Oliver. He looks like yeah. Oliver from Oliver and Company, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, lo- looks like one of them. And Billy Joel is like, why should I worry? And you're like, well, you didn't get, you know, injected with the X gene. <laughs> There's so no Cheech the Marin is... in this. There's no Ruth Pointer. <laughs> what? Why not? There's no Bette Midler. <laughs> really could have used some Bette Midler in the third act of this. So um, the cat is dissec- is escaping a dissection attempt. It escapes, um, you know, into the woods. This is like some army base. It's some army base where they're testing cats. But, although I, my, my theater teacher said, like, I don't know if this is, like, really dark. But he said, like, they would do, they, they did some, not necessarily on animals, but they would do weird testing stuff when he was in the military. So it's possible. I don't know what they were testing on this cat. Well, clearly we find out what the side effect of what they're testing on the cat is, but that we'll save that for later. Yeah. <laughs> so the cat, you know, catches a helicopter into the woods so it can escape for the, for the moment, but then it gets uh, chased by a dog, and, yep. and it falls off a tree into a river. Mm-hmm. It's having a really low note, but then the cat starts mutating. Yes. 
and it becomes a wolf and joins up with the dog searching it out. But the best scene in that thing and the thing that stays with you is that scene at the end where they're drinking out of the they're drinking out of the river. The military police are looking for the cat. They can't find the cat because he's turned into this dog. And so all the, the military dogs, which you'd think they'd be better trained, are stopping to drink out of the water, drink it from the river, like to stab stop drink, and it's like, oh, call off the search, that cat's long gone, and the dog lifts its head and you see the cat eyes. That's a really yeah, it's, eerie, freaky it's, thing. This is another very weird sequence. I, I guess I'm curious, um, you know, when when you were young, I can definitely understand, like, oh yeah, Garfield, classic Garfield yep. stuff. What about these weird sequences? How do they how do they affect you? Let me hold the VHS to try to regain the memories. Okay. Um... <laughs> I remember being really weirded out by two, just because of the fact that Black Bart becomes the Pharaoh. Like, no comeuppance whatsoever for Black Bart. Three, I remember mm-hmm. think I remember not thinking about I remember really liking four. For some reason. Yep. I remember really yep. liking I mean that. four Yeah. Four is kind of like a um it it's kinda of like a Disney, like like uh you could see um you know, Donald Duck and his crazy uncle having that sort of yep. adventure. Five obviously is what it is. Uh, six is, I think you have to be a, I think you have to kind of have a, you have to have some life behind you in order to appreciate. Seven, mm-hmm. I don't remember, I don't remember being that, fr- I don't remember. Like, I, you'd think this would be like some <laughs> traumatic, some traumatic thing. I'm like, why did this not keep me up at night? Why, the thing that did keep me up at night, you know, like, th- why wasn't this on the list? But no, I just, I just, I mean, I, it-, I, it does have kind of a vague, weird ending. It didn't have any jokes, so I can imagine yeah. a kid not really paying attention to it. Uh, I remember I'm watching, watching it I'm, multiple times, though. I'm, so. I'm watching it right now, like the mutation scene. This looks like horrific. Like mm-hmm. this cat's clearly in pain. Yeah, it's like so, what yeah, Jimmy really, Kudo went through when he took the the. Yeah. 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 I just wanted know, an he, excuse to bring up Case Closed. Um, oh yeah, are you a fan? Am I a fan? Am I a fan, dear oh, Zane? He's, he's bringing am out I, the paraphernalia. Am I a fan? Gee, I wonder if he's a fan. Let's see if you can see which number that is. All right. Well, you're you're up into manga 75 of that. I'm going to guess 2000 book series. It's at like 99. And go, Oh, fun fact. Linking back to Japanese game show. So, you know, my favorite Japanese game show, Takeshi's Castle. Of course. Gosho Aoyama, the guy who created Detective Conan, before he was ever Gosho Aoyama, before back when he was just a guy who did manga, he was a contestant on Takeshi's Castle. What? Yeah. <laughs> he and a bunch of his manga artist friends went on like episode went on an episode of the show and he got caught huh. in the maze. Yeah, and it's one of these things they show it on Japanese TV all the time, like, hey, Gosho Aoyama, before he was a big <laughs> famous guy, was here he is being tackled to the ground by guards in a maze. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I think I think every famous individual we should be able to see them getting tackled by guards in a maze just just for like a, a set data point for all famous people. Yeah. Um. So the last two sequences are distinctly Garfield. They're Garfield up. These are could eight could easily be a Garfield and Friends episode. Oh yeah, because this is Garfield in 1978. Uh, yep. He's getting he's Which getting born. I think was the year that the comic strip went into syndication. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I know it was 78. Um, so, I don't know if that was the exact date, but that was definitely the year. I mean, it could be. Like, even if in the comics he's an adult right off the bat, like, this one turns into adult pretty quickly anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see that his mom is raising him in an Italian restaurant. And you're like, I don't need the dots connected for me. Yep. But then they do. <laughs> uh, there's there's an extended pasta eating sequence. That pasta, that, that stuck in me. I remember that. I remember the scene of the pasta slowly dissolving into the bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that stuck with me. 
I don't know. There's something about like the snooty French or Italian waiter scenes in media that just stick in you, yeah. stick in the mind. Like the Little Mermaid or that one episode of The Simpsons. You're Lady just like, the yeah, tramp. I know exactly what's going on. Lady in the Tramp with uh, Lady in the Tramp. The, uh, like, why weren't you more like him? Like, he played the accordion for me while I ate. Now you're being a douchebag and separating Garfield from his mom. Yeah, but Garfield takes it. He takes it in stride. He's like, yeah, I'm five minutes. Oh, I'm five minutes old. I got to get out there sooner or later. So. Yeah, and I mean, it's nice that the chef doesn't just, like, throw him in the dumpster. Like, he brings yeah. him to a pet shop. That was nice and ethical of him. I like that, yeah. Uh, and that is where Garfield meets Odie, and yeah. uh, where John shows up to adopt them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Lat- the other thing that sticks out in my hand, Garfield latching himself onto John's face saying, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, I'll catch mice, do all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. And John's like, oh, he seems friendly. <laughs> and he takes him out, and then Garfield immediately loses it. He's like, okay, by the way, I need to sleep till 12. Yep. Uh, I like lasagna. Like he immediately gives up on the "I'm going to do nice things for you." Speech. He's he's right back to his slave driver routine from the from the second yeah. act. Like he's acting like he's in charge. Odie serves him. John serves him. Like it's it's Garfield yeah. shenanigans. Yeah. Um, but then Odie saves him from getting run over by an ice cream truck. I thought it was a fire truck. It might have been a fire truck. I think I they, they go out. Cream. Well, they go out for ice cream, and then the fight, and then I think the fire truck comes, and uh, that's okay. why it all happens so fast. Otherwise, that ice cream truck driver was being very reckless. If he, yeah, if he was just ringing the bell, bring the kids out, and then <laughs> vroom. Douchebag ice cream. That's a trope that needs to end. Um, yeah. Is that is that your new um is that your new business? Douchebag ice cream delivery. Uh, <laughs> did you ever play take Grand your comb? Theft get out of here. Did you ever play Grand Theft Auto Vice City? I have not. One of the missions you do like you, this is actually an optional mission, but you actually like. It's weird because it still has a cutscene, but it doesn't matter. Like, you can start a business that's basically like a drug front where you deliver ice cream as an ice cream truck. You're delivering bomb pops, and the lady in charge, like, you ain't delivering ice cream. You're delivering the product, you know, which is clearly, <laughs> clearly smack. Uh, to, to be fair, they can't call ice cream ice cream anymore because it is just dairy product. Yeah. So maybe we're just delivering yeah. ice cream. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, Odie saves him. Garfield is like, I have an epiphany. Thank you. I'll never forget this. But then we cut to old Garfield, you know, telling the story to his grandkids. And in the story, he is the one who saves Odie. Mm-hmm. As these stories often change, you know, I don't remember it that way. But Odie can't talk, so Odie can't read. Why can't Odie talk? Or rather, I don't why know. can Garfield talk? I don't know. Like other cats, because Garfield's mom can talk. Now, okay. Oh, yeah, normal. Yeah. And um, so in in Egypt, in the Egyptian segment, the slave understands Garfield. He talks to Garfield. Yeah, you're right. And that's the thing that stuck out in my mind. It's like clearly some humans can understand Garfield. Well, we were closer to nature back then. That's true. Um, And that brings us to our final segment. Well, our final life. There's another segment after that. Yeah. And this is Space, Space Cat. Cat. Our, uh, our uh, Star... Not a Star Trek parody, but it's a uh, space travel thing, which... I mean, he does a Star Trek-esque monologue. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking about... I'm kind of surprised that there's so many space travel things in media, because when you really look at it on the surface, space travel's got to be really, really boring. Yeah, I mean, it's all, like... It all dates back to Star Trek, right? Like, yeah. And that survived because people loved space travel at the time because we didn't know it'd be boring at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you know, you think back to what space is and you're like, 
oh yeah, like Kirk's going and you know sleeping with the green women. Like I want some of that. <laughs> there, there was a This American Life episode. I don't know if you're familiar with This American Life. Um, uh, yeah, in passing. Uh, where they they interviewed, they did a radio special. I don't know if this guy's still alive now. This was a while ago. About this guy who's like 90 years old, and he was like one of the first astronauts. He was one of the first people into space. Ooh. And he's talking, and they talk to him, and you're expecting some kind of like philosophical, and he's talking about it like, yeah, it was, we went up there, uh, you know, you look out, and just black, you know. Like talking about it like, it was, he's like, he, he could not have been more bored. He could not have been <laughs> more like, yeah, it was an assignment. Like he's literally talking about it like you're talking about writing a college paper. It was like, you know, something I had to do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it makes sense. I guess all of the big, like, stories of the excitement and the drama are all from people whose missions like didn't go the best ended in near death yeah (laughs) um sure was glad i wasn't in apollo 13 but this is uh garfield has been sent up into space presumably for research and they're just like listen just you know we're analyzing survival instincts in your last life yeah so this is where we we finally get like explicit uh, like uh, um, in the future, we have developed technology that can determine the amount of lives that someone has had. Which, man, if true, that opens up a whole kettle of worms. But yeah. like the confirmation that this is his last life sends him into a um, you know yeah. in, into a pretty severe you know survival instinct. Mm-hmm. And he looks for a solution from the OD computer, which is as helpful as you'd think it would be. I've already forgotten what it stood for. It had some oh, fun. Oh, damn! Acronym. It's energy <laughs> it had some fun acronym but yeah yours is good too <laughs> <laughs> it's electric um and so what what happens is um garfield gets himself into a variety of of horrible like situations like he turns off the gravity his spaceship which looks like a fish is surrounded by shark shark spaceships captain war fleet captain by captain mendelson do you know who captain mendelson is I don't know that reference now. He was the producer. Uh, he was one of the producers at Film Roman, and he was the guy who really made the Peanuts. He bought the rights to the Peanuts. He was the guy that made the first Peanuts special happen. And so Interesting. Yeah. And he huh. died like three and years ago. And they didn't take the opportunity during the composer section to bring in Mendelssohn? Yeah, good point. Um, <laughs> so Garfield fires the secret weapon, the Cat's Claws, yeah. uh, which don't work. Another thing that stood out to me. What was the goal of that? What was the, like, they're attached to springs. Were they supposed to be rockets? Yeah, I think they were supposed to be rockets. Okay. I I do like the, like, visual of them popping off on springs because it's, like, a classic, like, you know, gag. Like, I can imagine some some real wise guy at NASA was like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. This cat, man, we're going to, yeah, he's going to think he's going to win. Like, oh, boy, this cat, he's really going to be in for it. Um, NASA really liked screwing with cats. (laughs) So uh, Garfield's like, okay, I don't have a lot of time, but what if I had more crew members? And he clones a bunch of Odies yep. and puts them into Odie-shaped missiles. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, fires them at Commander Mendelssohn. Yeah, but then Mendelssohn like, shoots a, a fire hydrant out of a slingshot off of his ship and the missiles get to redirected. Yep. And uh, Garfield gets... gets uh, he dies. Yep. Now does the... It's Mendelssohn, it's the, uh, the, I always misremember this, like when he connects the wires, I always thought the wires killed, are the wires killing Garfield or is the... It's, it's ambiguous because the wires like fire, I thought that like the wires fire and he gets blown up and that like sends him to God rather than just normal death. Hmm, maybe. I don't know, I just, it's kind of like, I like, 
Which would be the more pleasant way to die? Electrocution or, well, yeah, I guess it wouldn't matter. Like, even if you electrocuted yourself, the missiles probably would have the bigger lasting effect. Yeah, yeah. Unless you electrocuted yourself. By the way, kudos, one of the things I do want to put, kudos to Commander Mendelssohn for giving Garfield, yeah, I'll give you seven minutes. Yeah, it's, it's very thoughtful of him. It was very him. nice, yeah. <laughs> um, but now what we see is Garfield and Odie having an audience in front of God. Yep. And he says, listen, this is, this is, unfair, this is unfair to me. Um, and God's like, yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll reset this one. Uh, what life were you on, by the way? Our computers are on the fritz. Uh, Our computers are like <laughs> that. God is having this paperwork problem, this misfile esque scenario. And Garfield's like, "Oh, that was my uh, it's my first life." And is Odie a uh, cat too? Yeah, it's the uh, heaven. It's it. It's the heaven can wait. The movie Heaven Can Wait. I'm guessing you have not seen the movie Heaven Can Wait. No. Uh, Heaven Can Wait is a 1978 movie starring, written and directed and starring Warren Beatty. And he plays a football player who gets, who's uh, driving, riding his bike one day and he gets killed by a car. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he goes up to heaven and God's up there, played by um, James Mason and Buck Henry is his assistant. And uh, Warren Beatty's like, I wasn't supposed to die. And God's like, what do you want me to do? I'm God. He's like, (laughs) what do you want to do? And he's like, okay, fine. We'll let you go back. But you got to go back in the body of someone else. So we're going to make you this Ooh. millionaire. So huh. have fun. And then you'll get to have sex with Julie Christie. Enjoy. What do they do with the millionaire? Clearly he did die. Like, he was in a coma. I guess he doesn't get that opportunity. Yeah, it doesn't. Mm. I, I think I'll, I think I'd prefer to rewatch uh, Defending Your Life. Funnily enough, I can't give the plot synopsis of Defending Your Life. Although, is that, that's the one with Albert Brooks, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Really funny. Okay. But yeah, so so uh, you know Garfield is good to Odie after all. He he lies and says that he's also a cat on his first le- uh, first life. So uh, you know they both get set up with uh, with that with new lease on life. So does um, Garfield go back to live the lives he's already lived, or does he get a tenth life? I'm, I'm led to believe that he's just starting from. I I feel like he has to be starting from Garfield eight, right? Like classic Garfield, because we see him as an old man there. Clearly, he didn't die in space. Yeah. Well, no, but he died. Well, he died in he died in six. He died in all of them at some point. So he could have aged. Yeah, it's not saying that the events of this eighth one took place after the events of the ninth one. I think he dies in eight, comes back in nine, comes back as a very similar cat. Wow, yeah, that's I didn't think of that. I was just like, this is clearly also Garfield still. Yeah. Anyway, they were very similar for the first two and the last two, and then it got muddied in the middle. Yeah, yeah, very adventurous. uh, God was very adventurous in the middle lives of giving him his new life. Well, God's God's very sneaky because it's revealed in the final shot with those eyes that yes. God is also a cat. Yep. Which I didn't need, but okay. <laughs> and then we end with the, the typical film Roman credits, which is the solid background with the one character still. Mm-hmm. And then several of them. Those always stick out in my mind because, like, now you have credit. Well, now they don't even do credit sequences. Now it's literally like they put it in a postage stamp on the bottom of the screen. Or I don't know if you've watched like like uh, shows owned by Viacom. Those are the worst. They literally run the credits over the last thirty seconds of whatever you're watching. Yeah, it's yeah. horrifying. I hate it. I'm like, stop doing they're, that. They're 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 doing whatever they can to skirt the guidelines so they can get thirty more seconds of ad revenue. It's bullshit. So, uh, yeah, it looks like about half of these have. Uh, sad endings and then a couple of them have like Ambiguous weird endings, endings. Yeah. and there's there's a couple that are like happy endings so bad bad good good 
good, bad, quick and bad. Yep. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Uh, up for debate. Prequel to the thing. Cle- clearly a bad beginning, and maybe the dog goes on and lives a happy life. We don't know. Uh, good. And then, I mean, the last one, I guess. That's kind of a mulligan. Yeah, how do you count that? And then then we get, man, this never got a sequel. It should have. We should have had Garfield's. Gar- Garfield's other nine lives. Subsequent lives. I guess what, <laughs> did you ever play? Uh, no, you probably didn't. I don't want to assume that. Did you ever have a Sega Genesis? Because there was a Garfield video game that was really great. Oh, I, I didn't have one. I've played I played it a couple times in my youth, uh, the the Genesis, but I don't remember Gar- the Garfield uh, game itself. Garfield. I played a Tom and Jerry game. I remember that one too. I remember there was one that came out that was really bad, but I didn't play yep. that one. But excuse me, Garfield caught in the act, which is Garfield uh gets sucked into the tv another thing that stuck with me this was not a game i owned my mom's friend owned this and borrowed it let me borrow it and play it mm-hmm. and so he gets absorbed into the tv by this weird like i don't know how to describe it it's like it's like a evil insect made out of uh, discarded television parts you'll have to look it up and you'll see i don't, remember, <laughs> I I don't, don't remember think i will be looking that but up <laughs> it sounds got, bad it's got no it's 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 I mean, it's creepy looking. I and mean, if you're like nine, it's really creepy. Like, oh my God, why are you in my Garfield cartoon? Mm-hmm. Um, why are you in my Garfield game? But like you go through five different genres. You go through like a Dracula. So I, I like to think that maybe that, that was the sequel. There's a life where Garfield is like Van Helsing. Uh, he hunts down. Yeah, I would have I would have liked like the nine lives Garfield did, didn't have. Uh, there's one where he's a pirate. Uh, one where he, which is actually based on another Garfield special that was also really c- cool and freaky, um, mm-hmm. that you can talk about some other day or not. Uh, it's just, it's just wild to me that no matter what you do to Garfield, he's still Garfield. Yep. And this special, like the, the weird sequences in the middle are kind of the only time I've ever seen that not be true. You mean the, oh, okay. I thought you meant the sequences between the sequences. Yeah. That's really the only time he's not. Yeah. I would agree with that. I'm trying to think. But then again, those are the times when he's not really Garfield. He's like Diana or, you know, this blue thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's an interesting look at this cat. It's an interesting look at this character. I just, I, I don't know. I love this special, though. It's I interesting. I forgot what the question yeah. was. It, you know, it's, um, I think, like, the, the ones that were interesting were those middle ones that tended to be shorter and more experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get a lot out of Garfield media usually. Um, I think that these, you know, were on par with the ones in the cartoon that I remember watching, which, again, you know, the quality of those, it varied quite a lot. It had eight seasons, and then it had the farm animals in between. So it's it's kind of hard to to gauge for me. Yeah. Uh, Garfield and Friends, I remember really enjoying the theme song, but not the theme song that you enjoyed. The I Oh, yeah. you like the you liked liked Friends, the are, friends there. are There. I like Friends Are There, and we watched that, yeah. I like that just because of the way it's kind of vaudevillian, sort of. Mm-hmm. I was always a sucker for, like, vaudevillian, you know, stuff. And then, like, oh, cool, we get to watch Garfield and Friends, and then it's like the We're Ready Party. Like, where's my vaudeville? No! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you'll agree that it suited the tone more. Um, but they did do a lot of experimental stuff in, in Garfield just because you have to do something to keep this interesting. I think Jim Davis, you know, again, he wrote the, he wrote the special and he wrote the book. Got that'd be an mm-hmm. interesting thing to ask. Well, that's one thing I really wish someone would sit down and like ask Jim Davis about is like tell us about all these Garfield books. And maybe he did that. Maybe he did. Maybe there's some Garfield. You know how like they have the Peanuts Golden Edition where it's like 
these huge things, and in between you get like you know thoughts from Charles Schultz or Charles Schultz's yeah, family. Yeah, like the Cal- Calvin and Hobbes tenth anniversary book. Yeah, I wonder if there's something like that for this, where you kind of get the sort of the inside scoop on what the thought process was, because there's a segment in the book that's not in this that I think kind of would have been cool. Where although they, they kind of did this later, where it's like a film noir thing. Mm-hmm. Where Garfield? Oh, maybe that's what they were referencing with the uh, intro. Maybe, but it's like a black and white thing where he's like, it's like a, like the Maltese Falcon type thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, she she walked into my milk bar. Yeah. Damn, legs up to heaven. And they did a special called Garfield Babes. Uh, What's it called? Garfield Babes and Bullets. I think is what it's called. That's they basically- did a swimsuit edition. No, 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 no. no. Spe- uh, another special. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would have been weird. I don't want to see <laughs> I, that. I hear Garfield Babes, and I'm just like, what could this possibly Garfield, be? Garfield Babes, and that's what they were called back then. Hey, babe, you gotta... I don't do a good Bronson. Um, so, you know. But, uh, yeah. Um, Garfield's nine... Garfield, his nine lives. They put it wrong on the Garf- DVD. Wait, really? It says Garfield... Here it says Garfield, his nine lives. I don't know if you can uh-huh. see that. It, here it just says Garfield, nine lives. You got it wrong, DVD company. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that's the kind of that's the kind of care and uh, intentionality hmm. that you uh, that you would expect from uh, people converting VHS to DVD and selling it again. This also has Gar- one of the other specials that you can barely see it, Gar- and including Garfield in the Rough. And it's and I like oh cool I guess huh. I can watch Garfield in the Rough again. It's missing the first two minutes of it. What? Yeah, it just cuts straight into the titles, like because there's a there's a why there's a pre thing of like Garfield being like, you know, da, da, da. hey, let's go camping. Okay, get in the car. Da, driving title sequence starts. This yeah, cuts out yeah. that whole thing. Just shows the title sequence. I'm like, where's the, where's my pre? Where's my? Uh, That's a baffling choice. Yeah. I don't know if it was. I don't know if that was intentional or what. I don't know. I mean, I doubt it would be for like space considerations because like these are not long no, things. You could have easily you could have fit it on without any kind of compression. I think. 80 minutes. It would have been less than 80 minutes, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, that, that's that's fascinating. I don't know who was in charge of making those kind of decisions. I hope somebody got fired. I hope Garfield got fired. Yeah. Maybe Gar- maybe that's why Garfield was in charge and he was supposed to do it and he's like, eh, I don't care about the yeah. first two minutes. <laughs> I'm going to put in the bare minimum. <laughs> And then and it cuts to some like you know wacky hijinks in the film editing real room, and he you know his claws shred some of the negatives. Oh crap! Yeah, just classic Garfield. Oh Garfield. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's Garfield. His nine lives. Thank you for uh, bringing it to my attention. Thank you for having me, and thank you for uh, humoring me and my love of Garfield's nine lives. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if there are any other things that you or the audience would like to have us take a look at, uh, drop us a line at the CartonCast uh, at CartonCast at gmail.com, at FancyBat.com slash CartonCast, or on our Facebook page. Uh, Get in contact with us. Tell us what sort of weird stuff you want to listen to. And uh, we will just, I mean, we'll just do it. Like, we have no reason not to. Uh, yeah. Um, so anything from you, anything, uh, that you wanted to plug for the internet? I know that I'm going to be on soon again. I, I don't know if I'm, Oh yeah. Yeah. We were going to have you in for, uh, whenever we're back on the regular schedule. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to give away too much. I'll just say that, uh, I got a bunch of new Japanese game show crap. I'm going to do a video. I did a video. I did a video recently where I disprove a Takeshi's castle meme that's been going around the internet forever. Ooh. Uh, so it's literally like, there's this meme. I'll be quick with this because I want to. Yeah, say, good. tell us about this meme. This this meme. It's like more people have been to the moon than one on Takeshi's castle, and I <laughs> and I'm the guy that's like I know that's not true, 
Uh, and okay. I tell people that's actually not true. And the response is, well, Wikipedia says it's true. So who do I believe you or Wikipedia? And so what, what is the discrepancy? Or should we, should we link them to your video? Yeah, let's just link the video. I'll, I explain it better in the video. And you get to see me in the video. You get to see crazy Miami Vice guy in the video. <laughs> Yay. So, well, yeah. cool. All right. Well, if uh, if anybody wants to see anything else on Takeshi's Castle or any of the other stuff Josh does, uh, what's your what's your YouTube channel? Uh, go to the JM Archives where you can see my interviews. I've got interviews with. Let's see who have I done interviews with recently. Uh, Stan Berkowitz, who wrote for Justice League of America. Blair Ooh. Murdoch, who produced the Canadian version of the Newlywed Game, the first the first dating game that ever had same sex couples. So big deal. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, first. First one, certainly the first one in North America. Uh, mm-hmm. I interviewed um, a lot of Canadian. So I have a friend in Vancouver. Like, why do you interview so many people from Vancouver? I don't know. Vancouver makes better media than Toronto, I guess. <laughs> oh, don't start a turf war here. <laughs> There's some Toronto cartoons that I'm curious if you guys are ever, because I don't think you guys have ever, you've done a lot of Vancouver stuff. I don't think you guys have ever done a lot of Toronto based animation. It's not something that I usually track is, uh, you know, where in Canada things yeah. come from. But we yeah. just think of Canada. Uh, as a, uh, a b- bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, Tom Ruger, hopefully soon. Oh. Yeah, he just gave the approval for the edit. Um, yeah. My Robbie London interview, if you want to know the history of Deke, the company Deke. Anime, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that uh, Do It Cheap was actually one of the nicer acronyms that the company Ooh. was given over their years. <laughs> Uh, it's it's better than Ben's acronym for Deke, which is Do It Yourself Entertainment. I brought it up like you had to have heard this. Do it cheap. You heard it. And he's like, and his quote is that was actually one of the nicer ones. Uh Death in Cartoons, Do Idiots Care, Dumb Imbecile Cartoons. So that was mm-hmm. actually one of the nicer ones. That, yeah, I mean, like, listen, you get what you you get what you know you're gonna get from Deke. Yeah. There's good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, and that is a wrap on us. So in the, uh, tradition of Garfield, I'm going to go eat some pasta and lie down. Mondays, am I right? You are right. If there's one thing Garfield's right about, it's, it's Mondays. (laughs) I actually hate Tuesday. This won't end up in the final. I actually hate Tuesday more than I hate Monday. I never got the hang of Tuesdays my whole life. I'm just like, uh, what's up with this? Monday, you're beaten down for Monday and you are like not even remotely close to the weekend. Yeah, it just reminds you how much further it is to go. With yeah. Monday, at least, you're like, okay, You've got I the, was dreading this all Sunday, but it's not actually that bad. And you have the energy from Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then Tuesday, that's been beaten out of you by then. You're you're just like, ugh. All the phone calls that you yeah. were supposed to make on Monday because it wasn't the weekend anymore and you just didn't get around to, mm-hmm. that's Tuesday time. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Garfield and friends. Friends are there. To help you get started, to give you a push on your way. Friends are there. To turn you around, get your feet on the ground for a brand new day. They'll pick you up when you're down. Help you swallow your pride when something inside's got to break on through to the other side.